0: The following audio is from Sacred City Church. For more information, please visit sacredcitychurch.com.
1: Hear the reading of God's word in chapter 27 of Genesis. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, and he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I am old, and I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. And prepare for me delicious food such as I love, and bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now, Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food, that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats, so that I may prepare for them delicious food for your father, such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat, so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, "'Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing.' His mother said to him, "'Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice, and go bring them to me.' So he went and took them and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious foods such as his father loved." Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son, and the skins of the young goat she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck, and she put the delicious food and the bread which he had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went into his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you have told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near, that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him, because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, Are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, Bring it near to me, that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him. And Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord is blessed. May God give you of the dew of heaven and of the faintness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be anyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac, trembling very violently, and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came, and I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry, and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. But he said, "'Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing.' Esau said, "'Is he not rightly named Jacob? "'For he has cheated me these two times. "'He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing.' "'Then he said, "'Have you not reserved a blessing for me?' "'Isaac answered and said to Esau, "'Behold, I have made him lord over you, "'and all his brothers I have given to him for servants, "'and with grain and wine I have sustained him.' What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on high. But your sword shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. But the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you and he forgets that he has done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I berate of both of you in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite woman. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? Then Isaac, Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him. You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Arise, go to Aram to the house of Bethrael, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. Thus Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Padam-aram to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. Go ahead and be seated. <clears throat> well, let's see if this still works. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. That's right. That's right. Well, welcome to Sacred City Church. You may notice I am not Justin. Uh, my name is Samuel Schmidt, and I am the pastoral intern here at Sacred City Church. Um, it'll be my pleasure to be walking through Genesis 27. Um, With you today. Um, I want to welcome visitors, those of you who are here for the first time, or maybe this is the second or third time. Um, Welcome to you. Um, Just a little bit about Sacred City Church. We are a gospel centered missional church, Um, and what that means is uh, we believe the gospel, and the gospel has the power to influence everything that we do Um, how we live our lives, how we neighbor, how we eat, how we recreate, how we work. all of the above. And so, um, with, with the gospel as a, the center, um, the gospel also pushes us out on mission um, because God has come to us and told us of, of his graciousness that we too go out to the world and tell others of God's graciousness. So, we um, believe that we are saved by grace and sent out on mission um, to tell the world about Jesus and his saving grace. And so, with that um, being the church, we don't we don't do church. We don't come to church. We are the church. We live it out um, throughout the week. So, um, our gathering here on Sunday morning, <clears throat> excuse me, is not is not. The apex of our week, Um, as a church, we gather as an expression um, of of a life lived in the gospel, in community, and on mission. So that's what we're doing here um, this morning, celebrating um, God's grace through hymns, through the liturgy, through the preaching of God's word, and and we'll partake in the Lord's Supper um, in a little while. Um, For those visitors um, who have been here, um, maybe wondering what's going on with Sacred City, um, we are glad to have you join us for a visitor forum that will take place next. Uh, next week following the service right afterwards, um, there's a cottage right outside this door here. Um, there'll be a light lunch provided. So if, if you've been coming in and, and you're thinking about making sacred city, your church home, we'd love for you to join us Hear a little bit about our vision, our values, our DNA, and, and we'll have an opportunity to have q and a Q&A with pastor Justin. So join us next week, April 14th, right after the service in the cottage next door. And then also, last thing uh, for visitors and and those of you who who are looking to get connected, um, we have a really great social networking platform that we use as a church in order to communicate throughout the week. It's called The City. Um, Much like Facebook or any other social networking device, it allows you to to create a profile, get connected, find friends, get plugged into a missional community. So if you have not done so, we would highly encourage you to do that so we can um, get you plugged in and join a missional community and all that good stuff. And also, for those of you who are on the city, this is my encouragement to you to actually use the city. It's a very valuable network. So to get in touch with your, uh, missional communities prayer requests, see who's bringing what food for missional community and, and all the other events that are going on. Um, Okay couple more things. There's a, a children's ministry meeting that's going on um, this afternoon. Um, if you are serving in children's ministry or if you are interested in serving children's ministry, um, we would ask you to join us. Um, we're going to be meeting at 1.30 at the center, um, which is where the Sacred City offices are. Um, if you have any questions about how to get there, come up and grab me after the service. It's uh, 1411 Brady Street, I believe, is the address. So um, if you're looking to get involved with children's ministry or if you are, please join us for that meeting. And lastly, um, giving, uh, we believe that God has blessed us greatly. And so we give back to the mission of God here in the sacred, here in in the quad city. So we we have a couple ways for you to give. Um, there's a wooden back, wooden box out by the box office where you can deposit, um, or cash. Or if you prefer to give online, go to www.sacredcitychurch.com and click the giving tab. Okay. That's it for all my housekeeping things. Um. We're going to jump right into Genesis 27. Um, I'm going to pray for you. You pray for me. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, um, that you have blessed us greatly through Jesus Christ, that you have um, looked upon us while we were lost in our transgressions, while we were dead in our sin, and you have called us into life. And God, what a blessing. And, and we gather to proclaim your goodness. We gather to, to let the world know of, of your great mercies for us, God. And, and we ask that your spirit would be among us, that your spirit would be working. Um, we know that your spirit's been out working through the week, preparing hearts to receive the message of the gospel, God. And so I pray that this message would be good news to the hearer, that your spirit would speak through my mouth, use my vocal cords, God, that you would think through my mind, God, and that you would be glorified in all things said and done here this morning. Um, I ask that your spirit would do a mighty work and bring people who are dead to life. God, that your grace would be revealed to them. And that through the preaching of the gospel, Lord, that they may receive the good news that their soul longs for. God, we ask these things in your name. Amen. So Genesis 27, it was a long one. Way to go, Luann. Thank you for hanging out. That was a long, long passage to trek through. So I'm going to try to get through as fast as possible with the, the drama and, and tell you what, what God has been showing me as I've been preparing to to tell you about the gospel here in Genesis 27. Um, there's about, as I was getting ready, I, I figured out that I could probably write about six different sermons about different um, you know, different alleyways in which I could approach the text. Um, one I thought of was maybe marriage unity, like we see Isaac and Rebecca not really being on the same page. They've got favorites. Um, didn't want to go there. Um, maybe um, the blessing of children, like we, like how how we should bless our children. Um, and I think that's good, but I don't think that's really what God's trying to tell us through the passage. And and there, like there are just many different avenues, but but here in Genesis 27, um, we've reached the crux of of Jacob and Esau's relationship. Things have been tense between them since the beginning of their existence. And back in uh, a couple of weeks ago, Justin preached on Genesis 25 and, and Rebecca comes to God and she feels like there's a tornado going on in her belly. She's like, these kids are wrestling. They're moving around. What's going on within me? And God says to her, um, Genesis 25:23 says, there are two nations in your womb and two peoples from within you shall be divided the one shall be stronger than the other, and the other, shall, the older shall serve the younger. And so, out come these boys out of the womb. Esau comes out first. He's the firstborn. But Jacob comes out right behind. And he's got his hand on the ankle. Like, literally, they're connected. He's like, I'm not letting you get out first. Um, they come out. Esau's firstborn, Jacob. Um, second born, therefore doesn't get the blessing of the first born, which he's wanted um, as we see that play out. And then the sibling rivalry um, continues to develop. We see things continue to get tense, more tense and more tense. And and there's this really thick atmosphere of competition that's going on with these boys. Um, We see, for me, I I can relate to this. I've got two younger brothers. and every Saturday morning we would we would watch cartoons in front of the TV and we'd get a bowl of cereal. And not just like your cereal, but we'd get like a mixing bowl full of cereal. And, uh, and we'd plop ourselves down in front of the TV. But there's always a competition to, to see who would get the Lion King color-changing spoons i don 't know if anybody can relate to that, but it was always a competition who gets the who gets the color changing spoons and so I, I would imagine that that kind of atmosphere is going on with with Jacob and esau and and then I, I, you know I kind of think like, well what would it look like for them to compete you know to sit on their dad 's lap for story time? you know like knocking each other down, grabbing somebody by the shoulders? No, I want to sit on his lap, I want to sit on his lap and And by the time someone gets up on his lap, you you wonder what kind of stories Isaac would tell his kids. You know, he he sits down and, now boys, listen up. This is a true story. This one time, my dad and I went for a hike. And... (laughs) And We were hiking, and he told me to carry these sticks. And I was like, "What are these sticks for?" And he said, "We're gonna have a bonfire." I was like, "Okay." So we kept going to get to the top of the mountain. He lays me down on the sticks. I'm like, "No, Dad, no!" <laughs> and he's got this knife above my head, and and then just then the Lord stopped him, and the boys just like the boys are like, <laughs> you know, like uh, remind me to not go hiking with Grandpa. You know, so the, the stories of you know the competition of that builds up, and then and then we see how how. Mama Reba and Papa Ike, they have, have favorites. That Unashamedly, they say, uh, Rebecca says, Jacob's my favorite. And Esau says, Esau's my favorite. And so we can see this, this tension between them grow. And then Esau comes in from the field one day and says, man, I'm hungry. I'm about to die. And Jacob's got this bowl of stew, which the Hebrew translation, as Justin told us a couple weeks ago, was literally red stuff, red stuff. So he's kind of, red stuff, red stuff. I want this, this stew. And, and so he says, I'll exchange you your birthright for this bowl of stew. And so Jacob finally gets what he's wanted the whole time. He finally gets the birthright of the firstborn. And so there's tension. Esau walks away. He feels like, man, I just got duped. And so there's the tension between them that grows. And then we, here we get to Genesis 27 in the story. Now, Isaac's an old dude. He's about to kick the bucket. He's like, I don't know when I'm going to die. And he's blind as a bat. And So um, a lot of theologians actually say that his physical ailment actually p- points towards a spiritual ailment of his spiritual blindness. That as he's been comfortable in God's blessings, as God has blessed him with great riches, he's been comfortable and his heart's become hardened to, to the view of God and, and what that rich treasure is for him. So um, the spiritual blindness plays a, f- a part in this story. And so... Uh, Papa Ike pulls Esau in, into his chambers and says, boy, I'm going to kick the bucket here and I want to bless you before I do. So go make me some grub, bring it into me. So my soul will bless you. And so, um, with that, we, we think like for us, we read the story and like, okay, this sounds legit. Um, but it's important to notice that, that what Esau or excuse me, what Esau and Isaac are doing is actually deceitful in and of itself. So, um, we've got to think back to Genesis 25, 23, where God spoke to Rebecca, where he said, two nations are in your womb. The older shall serve the younger. Now, if God were to speak to me, like literally talk to me, I would go tell my wife right away. I'd be like, honey, you would not believe what God just told me. You know. And I, so we have to think that, that Rebecca would have done the same thing, that she would have gone and told her, her husband Isaac about the prophecy that God had given. And so Isaac, we, we, have, to, we have to assume that Isaac is aware of this. Um, and so he goes, he knows that the blessing is intended for Jacob, but he likes Esau more. So he says, you know, come in here. I'm going to bless you. We're going to keep it our little secret. And the thing is that, that this, the passing on of the birthright back in these patriarchal times is supposed to be a big celebration. It's a big ceremony. It's something that's, that's done out in public. But Esau or yeah, Isaac knows he's in sin, and so he tries to hide it by having a secret ceremony and blessing the one that he wants to, to bless. And, and, and this is all opposed to what God has told us his will is for the younger to rule over the older. Now Esau thinks this is a great idea. He thinks, man, I sold my birthright before, but I think maybe dad forgot about it. So this is my chance to get back in. He's kind of had a change of heart. Like, Have you ever done that where you decide you want to do something and then a little time passes like, man, I shouldn't have done that. Like that really set me up for failure here now. So Esau is realizing that that he wants that blessing. He wants the blessing of the firstborn and it's an it's important to notice that as he forfeited his birthright for that bull of stew, not only did he, he forfeit the riches of his family that would get passed down, the property, ruling the clan, but there was a unique blessing that came to Abraham's family where God said that I'm going to make you a great nation, that I'm going to bless you so you may, may be a blessing to all nations. So in Esau forfeiting his birthright, he forfeited not only his his. Physical inheritance, but the inheritance that God promised. Um, And so he thinks, now my dad's got, came up with this plan. Maybe this is a chance for me to get back in. And so they're scheming. Like Isaac and Esau are scheming to, to get what they want. Now, little do they know that Rebecca, little do they know that Rebecca and Isaac are actually on the other side of the tent doing the same thing. Rebecca hears what Isaac tells Esau and says, come here, Jacob, come here. We're, we got this plan. You're gonna you're gonna dress up. We're gonna put your brother's clothes on you. We're gonna make you hairy like a goat. Um, and and, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get you that blessing that you deserve because she knows she knows that Jacob now has the birthright. And so, side note though, uh, with the goat skin thing, I, I'm a pretty hairy dude. I've got I've got upwards growing arm hair. I've got chest hair that would come up to my eyebrows if I would let it. Um, and and I just cut about like four or five inches off my beard. Um. But but no way am I as hairy as a goat. So Esau is one hairy dude, <clears throat> and so Jacob's okay with his plan because he has already he he already has the birthright. He knows that he's entitled to it, and he's wanted to be the eldest. He wanted to get the blessing of the firstborn since he was in the womb, um, and his only reservation is the only reservation to this deceitful plan that Rebecca comes up with. And and I, it's important to remember that Rebecca is actually she's believing what God told her back then, that it's going to be true. So she, her intentions are good. Her intentions are to follow God's will. But her execution is very poor and very sinful, very deceitful. And so he, he jumps on board with this plan, this deceitful plan. He's, the only reservation is, well, what if I get cl- caught? And this blessing that I'm supposed to get turns into a curse. And so she says, and these are really chilling words, and we know they point to something. And she says, she says my son, listen to me. Let your curse be on me, only do as I say. And so so he goes in, he gets dressed up, puts on his brother's clothes, gets that goat skin all up on him. And he goes in with the food for his his dad and says, Dad, I'm here, uh, uh, it's your firstborn, bless me. And so uh, Isaac is a little bit smarter than than what we think, because he comes in and there's six different times where he asks if this is truly Esau. He says, "Well, well, let me come, let me come feel you." And so he feels his arms and like, well, he's hairy like Esau, and he even says at one point, like, "He, this is the voice of Jacob, but it smells like Esau. It, it's, it, it, feels like Esau," and so. And Jacob gets in there, gets the blessing. His dad blesses him. It's a very, it's it's a very nice blessing. It points to something, um, very nice. He says to him, "May God give you the dew of heaven, and of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine." Now, this is, this may not sound like a, a really great blessing, but what he's saying is, may there, may you be blessed a lot, so that you may have have parties and celebrations, that you may, that there may be a feast. And, and he says, Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Curse be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. Now, shortly after Jacob gets a blessing, Esau comes back in. And he's, he's the one who's actually gone out and hunted. And he's got the game. He's like, Pops, it's me. Bless me. I got your food. And, and Isaac is kind of like, if, if you're Esau... Who did I just bless? And, and, and in that moment, uh, the, the scripture tells us that, that Isaac trembled. That when he found out that he had blessed Jacob instead of Esau, he trembled. Because he knew that, that God had slipped one by him. The irony of this is that as, as Isaac was trying to slip one past God and work out his own plans, God slipped one right past Isaac. And so... Isaac, uh, Esau comes in and says, I, I want a blessing. He, he, he cries out for it, bless me. Isn't there something that you can do to bless me? Didn't you save a blessing for me? And Isaac says, no, I, I gave your brother everything. What, what else is there? And Esau is tort. He, he is torqued. That, that little turd has deceited, deceived me twice now. He's mad. He's got a plan. As soon as my dad dies, I'm going to go kill that guy. He owes me what's mine. And so Esau is angry. And, and, and as he, before he leaves, his dad kind of gives him a backhanded blessing. And it's really just the opposite of what he, he gave to Jacob. He says, behold, away from the fatness of the earth will you live. And away from the dew of heaven on high by your sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother but when you get restless you shall break his yoke from it, from your neck so that that just didn't cut it for esau he he wanted that blessing of the firstborn now as as esau's thrown a big temper tantrum rebecca hears his plans to kill his brother as soon as isaac dies and so to save her son, um, to save her favorite son, Jacob, she goes to Isaac. And, and the one thing that they can agree on is that they hate Esau's wives. These Hittite women are the worst. And, and that's one thing they agree on. So she comes in, says, Isaac, I might die if we have another Hittite daughter-in-law. Like we gotta send Jacob out, we gotta get him a good girl. And so Isaac agrees. And so he calls Jacob back in, reinforces the blessing, and sends him out to find a wife that would please Rebecca and Isaac. Now, with this, this re-blessing, it's, it's very interesting that you see the same kind of covenantal language that God gives to Abraham. So we see that this blessing is not just a family blessing, but it's a blessing that God has given Abraham. And now it's passing down to Isaac, and now to Isaac's kids. And then Esau hears um, that Jacob is now going out to find a wife that would please his, his mother and father. And Jake, and excuse me, these are so many names, I get jumbled up. But Esau is trying so hard to get back in the good graces of his parents. He goes out. He marries a third lady. Hopefully this lady will please mom and dad. And so he goes out and marries a a third lady to try to get back in the good graces of his parents. Hopefully that they would approve of her and that they would bless me. But we see that it's, it's too little too late as the story unfolds. And so... And, and Esau is left still craving the blessing from his parents. Now, like I said before, there's, there's a lot of different um, avenues in which we could go down in this text about what God is communicating. I think I think it could build out six different sermons. So, um, but but I think the primary message of this passage um, is a doctrine of blessing. And, and it's clear to me because the word blessed, blessing, blessed is used 28 times in the in these three chapters from 26 to 28 blessing blessed or bless is used 28 times now this isn't just a theme that we see here in these chapters this this idea of blessing is a theme that runs all throughout scripture all throughout the entirety of the bible the word ble- a form of the word blessed is used nearly 500 times Five hundred times in the Bible. Now, my Bible here has about a thousand pages in it. If you were to put the word bless on one page, that would mean that every other page would refer to a blessing or a bless or a blessed of some sort. Now that that's a lot, every other page. So we see that this, this concept is very, they're very important because God has authored it in, in Holy Scripture. But at the same time, I think our culture has kind of a narrow view of of what bl- a blessing is, or what it means to be blessed, or or the blessing of the firstborn, because we don't really have that in our culture. You know, I think that the the extent that we get with a blessing is um, comes following a sneeze, a bless you, and or maybe maybe if you check out at the grocery store, the lady says, "Have a blessed day," and, and that's about as far as it gets. Um, but it's, but I think it's very important to notice. That a blessing has great significance. And we see that in the text. That that through the blessing there is power. And and the blessing that Isaac gives Jacob is irrevocable. And we see that that there's a longing for a blessing. Now, we can all agree that that words have power. Like, God spoke the world into existence. Um, People are saved by the preaching of God's word as they respond to it. And we have all been affected by words, whether big or small words, either positive or negative, or whether it be from a stranger or someone close to us. Words stick with us, and they form us. Um, you guys have heard the sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, right? That's, that's horsewash. That's not true. If we, if we were to, to reinvent that saying with a biblical lens, it would be sticks and stones can can break my bones... But words can either make or break my soul. Now, as a child, um, I was kind of a reckless child. I I would see what I want and I would just go straight for it. I don't care what was in my way. I'd knock it over. I'd I'd usually break a lot of stuff. Um, And I remember my mother telling me on multiple occasions that, that I was very much like a bull in a china shop. And that's kind of like, it, not, not so much an identity that I took on, but, but it was something that stuck in my head and, and for me. And so I would, I would wonder, like, I would tr- like, if I'm a bull in a china shop, what would the opposite of a bull in a china shop do right now? Like, how can I not be a bull in a china shop? So that, that kind of formed me. It made me more aware of my surroundings, more sensitive to the things that are around me. Um, and it formed me. And, and also, like, if you think on the, more on the positive side, at a very young age, my parents very, very much encouraged me in my musical pursuits. Um, supported me in college uh, um, and all through, all through that. So those words of affirmation that my parents gave me very much drove me um, and, and formed me to who I am now. And so we see that, that words, um, especially affirming words and condemning words, are very powerful especially from a parent or someone who's very near to us. And and as we approach this this idea of blessing, um, of, of a greater understanding, I think we need to understand two things about a blessing. What a blessing is. A blessing is an accurate spiritual discernment of who this person is And then choosing powerful words or gestures to affirm, encourage, and empower them. Now that would be looking at someone and saying, God has made you this person. I can see God is doing this in you. God has given you these gifts, and I encourage you. I affirm those things, and I want to empower you to carry them out. That is what a blessing um, really is. And the second thing we need to know is that we deeply need this, that we long for the blessing. We long for those words of affirmation. And why? Why do we long for that? Well, because God created us to have a blessing. Because God said, God created man, and then he blessed him shortly after. God created and blessed him. And so we see that our our souls are longing for this blessing. (sighs) And that blessing's out in front of us, and then in chapter three of Genesis, sin gets in the way and it distorts our view of our blessing. We can't see it so well anymore. We don't we don't get the full view of the blessing. We don't understand the identity in which God has given us through the blessing. And at that moment sin entered the world, sin's curse was placed upon us, that, that now things aren't gonna go so well, things are gonna be more difficult. And without an accurate, without a clear view of that blessing, our lives get distorted. As sin gets in the way, things are distorted. And we are left longing for a clearer view of this blessing. We are left, our souls ache for it. And, and the sad thing is, as, as much as we, we want to be able to, like we can't bless ourselves. I can't declare myself a rocket scientist. I can't declare myself a doctor. I can't do that. I can't declare myself the world's best racquetball player. I can't do that. Those, those words of affirmation must come from outside of myself. That's why I find myself doing this all the time. I post something on Facebook or on Twitter and, and like every 30 seconds I check to see if anybody's liked it. Like, cause I want to know, I want to know somebody, somebody going to affirm what I just said. Like we are designed to have that affirmation and we want what we really want. What, what deep down inside what we want is we want people um, who we cherish the most to tell us that they cherish, uh, cherish us, cherish us. The most like we want that. We want to have that affirmation. And like I said, we can't declare ourselves smart or pretty. We we can't declare ourselves athletic or good. It takes someone who we think is smart to call us smart before we believe we're smart. It takes someone who's pretty to call us pretty before we believe we're pretty. It takes someone outside of us to affirm those things. And in order to get that blessing, um, well, yeah. In order to get that blessing, we have to become somebody. Like we have to we we have to become something in order to get that blessing. I have to become smarter. I have to study more in order to become a smart person. I have to buy more clothes and become more stylish in order to become hip. We have to become someone. <clears throat> and and Madonna says um, that. She, she's, she's fallen victim of this big time, that, that she actually has to reinvent herself every year to keep the blessing that she's established from our culture. Like, I have to, I have to become someone new every year to th- so th- people will think that I'm actually really good. That people will look at me and that they would bless me. Say, they say, wow, Madonna, you're really, you're really cool. And it sounds exhausting, really. And we do the same exact thing. Some of us literally dress up. Some of us literally go out, buy the latest trends, put them on. Ladies, we, do, we try to do the hair the best. So someone will say, wow, your hair is great, girl. <laughs> Men, you do it too. You want to look like the guy on men's fitness, men's health magazine. You want to you get toned and ripped and jacked. Or you want to you have the style of the dude and the GQ. We do it too. And it, and it looks different. Like, in order to get this blessing, we have to become someone. And, and it can look very different for all different kinds of people. Like, uh, for example, if you took a job that doesn't fit your, your giftings, doesn't fit your talents, doesn't fit your personality, it just doesn't fit you. It's not, it's not a job that was designed for you. You take the job for the money and the status, you've become someone else to get that blessing. You've become someone else to get the blessing of status. To get the blessing of money. And it's not you. You've had to become someone else. Some of us try to get our blessing by coming to church. Being a good Christian. You know, I ain't got that much wrong with me. Me and God, we're tight. We got it down. I I don't have very... I'm not... There's not very many sins in my life. I, I keep a pretty good... Tight seal on those things. So we, we have to become a fake person, a, a good church person in order to get the affirmation of our, of our church family. To say, wow, you really do have it together. And that's what some of us long for. And we see in the story that Jacob had to become Esau in order to get the blessing. Jacob had to put on Esau's clothes. He had to smell like Esau. He had to feel like Esau to get the blessing. And what Jacob finds out is that even when he gets that blessing, it doesn't satisfy It doesn't satisfy him because that, that blessing wasn't intended for Jacob. It was intended for Esau. And we can see the same thing. That when people affirm us in our, our fashion style or affirm us in our, in our goodness and our good character and all that good stuff, they're not really affirming the true me. They're affirming the person that I'm pretending to be, the, the the artificial persona that I've put out, and it doesn't satisfy those those appro- the approval of man doesn't satisfy us, and, and and it just leaves us wanting more blessing, and and we'll see it how it plays out in Jacob's story in a few weeks, how how Jacob is still left longing. For a blessing. That he he will actually wrestle someone. I will not give up until you bless me. And he's saying that because the blessing his dad gave him wasn't good enough because it wasn't for him. And so the bottom line of what I'm trying to say is that if we have to become someone in order to get a blessing, if we aren't blessed for who we truly are, then the blessing that we receive isn't going to satisfy us. It's not going to satisfy what our soul craves, those words of affirmation that our soul craves. And knowing that, knowing that, that I will never be blessed for who I am, just the raw, sinful, selfish, prideful Sam Schmidt will never be blessed for who I am. It's, it's depressing. It's, it's, it, it would propel me into despair if I only knew that part of the truth. The good news is that Jesus became like us. The good news is that I don't have to become someone. Jesus did it for me. I don't have to keep pretending. I don't have to make this this artificial persona. I don't have to, to pretend like I'm better. I don't have to dress up as someone else. Because Jesus became someone on my behalf. Jesus was fully deserving, fully deserving of God's blessing. Fully deserving. He did. He, a man walked the earth, never did anything wrong. In all things, he glorified God. Fully deserving of God's eternal blessing. And he laid that down. Jesus laid down that blessing and became our curse. He took the curse of sin upon himself... And became that curse of sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21. For our sake he, who is God, made him, who is Jesus, to become sin who knew no sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That through Jesus we would be blessed. And this is a blessing that satisfies our deepest longings. This is the the blessing that satisfies our deepest cravings because, because this is a blessing that comes to us how we are. This is a blessing that comes to us in the midst of our sin and our foolishness. God doesn't say you need to get, get your act together, become a better person, do more good things, and then I will bless you. God says, no, 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 no. Oh, I know you're messed up. I know you're foolish, I know you're selfish, I know you're an idol worshiper, I know you're you're not, worth, you're, you're not worthy of my blessing. But God says, no, I, I know that, and I'm going to die for you. I'm going to send my son Jesus, he's going to live the life that you could have never lived. He's going to die the death that you should have died. And in that, Jesus will be your blessing. That Jesus will give you the blessing of eternal life. That Jesus will satisfy the the longing for affirmation that you have. And that's the difference between every other religion in this world and Christianity. Every other religion tells us, become a better person and we'll get blessed. Become someone you're not and you'll be blessed. Christianity says, the God of the Bible says, you're terrible. You're terrible. You're, you're, you're so undeserving, you're so sinful, but I choose you to bless. That I, I intend, my blessing is specific to you, a specific individual, in a spef, specific time in existence. That my blessing is designed just for you. What a great blessing that is. What a good blessing. This is, this is a blessing that's far greater Far greater than the blessing that Isaac could have given Jacob. Far greater. We see a lot of similarities that there was great power in the blessing. That as Isaac spoke to Jacob, there was power. He couldn't take it back. There was power in the blessing. And it was an affirmation of who God had made that, that individual to be. But in the blessing of Christ, we see that Christ has done what we deserve to do. Christ has taken it upon our, himself. And in that, in that, there's power over sin and death. And in this in this blessing, we have a great affirmation of our identity. A great affirmation of our identity. He doesn't say, he affirms our identity by saying, you are a sinner. I'm saving you by grace so that you may tell others how, how graceful I am. How full of grace the God of the universe is. And God, with this blessing, he intends it for us. Like I said before, this blessing is intended for a specific person, a specific time in, the, in our existence. And it's irrevocable that, that once we've, we've come to faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ, once we've received the blessing of Jesus for the atonement of our sins, and, and He gives us His righteousness, that that cannot be taken away from us. That the blessing of Christ cannot be parted from us. That when we embrace the gospel that, that nothing can separate us from the love of God and this blessing is eternal the, the blessing of Jesus Christ is eternal this, this blessing is not just for our lifespan this doesn't the blessing doesn't end as soon as we kick the bucket. the blessing that Christ gives us goes forth into eternity that one day when when Christ returns or calls us home, that we will be in the midst of the most High God, that we will be that we will be the dwelling place of God, that the blessing of Christ will manifest itself not only here in this world but in the, the new heavens new earth that are to come, <clears throat> and so I, I want to encourage you if, if, if this is the first time you 're hearing uh, about this blessing that, that, that Jesus has has become your curse because of your sin. Jesus has become your curse so that he may bless you in the richness of God the Father. I encourage you to stop pretending. I encourage you to stop trying to become someone you're not. To stop, to stop the exhausting work of, of pretending. And I, I encourage you to come to, come to the Father. And hear his blessing upon you. Hear, hear him say, Yes, you are a sinner, but I save you by my grace. Only by my grace are you saved, so that you may so that you may be a blessing to all peoples. And Christian, let me encourage you. This this blessing isn't just a one time thing. Like we don't come to God, hear our blessing once and, and then, then it's all over. God continues to bless us with every good gift. And I want to remind you, because this, has been, this, this text has spoken to me in this way, that, that, that even as, we, as, we, as we're in Christ, we still are susceptible to sin, that we still fall into temptation, that we still sin, and that we don't have to work, work ourselves out of that hole for our blessing. We don't have to, to reinvent ourselves, that we don't have to become a good person to, to go back to God, that Jesus has done that once and for all. And he calls you, he's calling you to come back to me. Come back to me as you wander from from me, as you go away into sin. Come back to me so you can continue to receive my blessing. So you can continue to receive my blessing. And so if we were to put legs on this, like we, we understand that God has blessed us. God has graciously blessed us so that we may be a blessing. We see in, in the covenantal language um, that God gives Abraham, he says, I'm going to bless you so you may bless all nations. The same thing is true for us right now, that God blesses us to bless all nations, that we may tell the world of God's great faithfulness, to tell the world of God's great mercy. And so as a disciple, as we put legs on this and walk it out, um, we, we bless others. We bless others because we have been blessed. And at Sacred City Church, we we have what we call identities and rhythms. Identities are who we are because God has made us. And our rhythms are what we do because God has made us to do them. And so uh, I encourage you, if you haven't heard about our identities and rhythms, there, I believe there's um, uh, an identities and rhythms package, packet um, back at the bookstore. I encourage you to go pick one up and read through It's really good stuff. Um, but but one, of our, one of our rhythms is we bless. That we bless because we have been blessed. Um, and it's very important to know that we bless because we have been blessed. We don't, we don't bless to get blessed. We bless because God has blessed us. And so, how we do that, how we put legs on and walk it out, we intentionally bless others by using words, gifts, or actions. We intentionally, we, we go out of our way... To, to come up to someone in our mission community and say man I can God has made you very unique God has blessed you God has given you this gift and, and I just want to encourage you to, to stay faithful to that. I want to encourage you that, that that God has given you this gift so that you could bless others with it we bless we bless others by by gifts. Um, my mission community is down down at um, on mission to King's Harvest downtown. And um, around Christmas time, we, we, we all pooled money together, got some gifts, and um, we wanted to bless the, the patrons of King's Harvest. So we went out, got some Christmas gifts, gave it to them, and, and then we continue um, to see how we can bless them by giving them gifts. We, we, we give gifts because God has given us the greatest gift of all. And these, these physical things that we hold on to, the things that we cherish, when you die, you can't take them with you. It stops. It stops. It stops with your body. The physical world only goes so far. So, to be a good steward of what God has given us, and to gift to others out of the graciousness of God. And the last thing by actions, uh, like I mentioned, we're down at King's Harvest, um, and, and what we do is we we try to serve down there on, on a monthly basis. We try to get down there, uh, make friends, try to tell people about Jesus. Um, and we want, to, we want to serve them because Christ has served us. He's, he's given us the blessing of service. We have a, a servant king who shows us how to bless others in actions. And so that's how we walk it out. And God desires that all nations, that all people will be blessed through Jesus. That people would be able to experience the blessing of God through others. And so that we walk that out. We, we try to bless others as God has blessed us. And now we do that uh, as his body, as, the, as a church, the corporate church. We do that as Sacred City Church, and we do that within our missional communities. We believe that we live this out on mission as we bless others. That, that life lived on mission is really a blessing to others. So we, we wanna we wanna intentionally seek God's direction and where he wants us to bless, where he, he calls us to bless, where he, he asks us to lay down our lives as Christ has laid down his life for us. And that's 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 the glorious that's the glory of the blessing. That that our blessing is in Christ, that our, our blessing is secure in Christ, that we cannot be taken away from the blessing, that our blessing is is rich beyond our wildest dreams to know that blessing to know Christ crucified for our sins and giving us his righteousness what a blessing and so i hope i hope I hope the Spirit's working in you, that that you can understand the blessing of Christ, the blessing um, in which Christ has given us so that we may be called sons and daughters of God, that that it produces a worship, that it produces great affection for the one who has blessed you. And and in in a little while, we're going to come up and partake of of the Lord's Supper. And and this is, is a reminder to us of how gracious God is, that He would send His Son to die in our place, spill his blood, his body would be broken, so that we may be blessed. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, that you that you have designed us to desire to be blessed, God, and how how you have supplied that blessing through Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, that that. Um, that you have laid yourself down, that you have that you have become a curse, um, that you have become our curse, so we may be blessed. I thank you um, that you show us that you're a good, gracious God by giving us blessings, by giving us gifts, by giving us um, ability to to thrive in this world. And I pray, God, that as we approach the table, that that we would be reminded of of that great gift of Jesus, that we'd be reminded. God, of how undeserving we are to to partake of this meal, God that that we are deserving of a curse, that we are deserving of death, but you and your graciousness, God, you have come down and given us the blessing that that our soul craves. God, I pray, God, that we would would receive this blessing, that we would... um, That we would love it, that we would hold on to it, God, but we would also be faithful with that blessing and bless others, Lord God. That as you send us out on mission, um, to our neighbors, to our co-workers, to our friends and family, that others would be blessed because we have been greatly blessed. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.